Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast. We are joined one final time by Dallas Amico, the legend from the Strickland. Alex, what are we hitting in this part three of three with Dallas? Well, we're going to finish talking about Jalen Brunson, which we started in the last episode, then talk about some lineups that we're really excited to see from the Knicks this year, both well, I won't say both with and without Donovan Mitchell. We mostly focused on minus Donovan Mitchell. So we're going to talk about that next on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. We want to thank you for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day. We are now available on all platforms, and that includes, you might have heard, on YouTube. So check us out on YouTube. Check us out on your favorite podcasting platform. Check us out wherever you get video or audio, but who's talking to you? I'm Gavin Shaw, a play-by-play broadcaster one week out from the start of high school football season. I am hyped. He is Alex Wolf, editor-in-chief of the greatest Knicks website out there, The Strickland. You can check them out on all social media at the Strick. Land, and we are joined by one of the Strickland's finest once again, Dallas Amico. One final time, let's get into it right now on Locked On Knicks. But yeah, I really would struggle to see this team contend. Uh, I, it'd be hard for me to see it contend with Brunson and Donovan Mitchell as your one-two, unless you end up having some really crazy five. You know, um, that's just—I mean—that's sort of my my view, <laughs> my view on it. I don't know. Uh, what do you guys? Does that? What do you guys think about that? Yeah, but I, I uh, sorry, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say real quick. The one thing is like I don't see it as a bad like a reason not to get Donovan that you're committing to moving one of these two guys. Like mm-hmm. I don't see Donovan's, for example, trade value like plummeting in New York. Um, you know, in two years, if you want to flip him for say Luca asks out or something, and Donovan headlines that package, are you really? Like, you know, that worse for where for doing, right? I, I don't think, like, Don, Donovan's going to lose his value. He's still a really valuable player. Um, and Brunson, too, uh, likely is going to have a lot of value. I think he's good, and I think in a bigger role, he's going to put up numbers. Um, and maybe he can be um, a big salary that also has value to a team. Like, I don't know, if you have a team that ends up in, like, the Brooklyn Nets situation right now where, they don't have their picks going forward. So tanking doesn't make any sense. You know, you might be able to get a star from a team. Maybe the Timberwolves, for example, uh, Ant asks out in three or four years or something. Cool. And, right. And so maybe yeah, that'd be amazing. Um, uh, yeah, let me throw out uh, Jalen Brown real quick, expiring in two years. Obviously, ideally, you'd rather trade Brunson than Mitchell for him. But that's like we're talking about, like, who could be the guy next to Mitchell? Like, you to me, you're looking at a big two-way wing. And Brown, at his current age, like, he sort of projects as the next logical guy who could be available, who could fit in that mold. That that would be what I'd be looking for from a Knicks perspective. Alex? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, we just did, like, a whole show the other day about guys that we could potentially see as future down-the-road targets. I, you know, I, I think there's, there's 
an infinite amount of options that could shake loose at some point or another. But like like you said, Dallas, I could see it. It's actually really difficult for me to envision who they would choose out of those two. Like, no matter what, that becomes like your toughest like business decision of all business decisions. It's like, do you trade away the uh, the guy if it's like two years from now and Mitchell in his prime? who, you know, is the local kid that you gave up all this stuff to get just like two years ago and probably, as you said, has done nothing to, you know, lessen his trade value since then, you know, maybe even gets better, uh, you know, turns into a more complete score as guys tend to from their age 25 to 27 seasons, Um, you know, or you're looking at, you know, trading Brunson, who's like the literal, like, (laughs) family member of two people with the team maybe rick brunson isn't with the team anymore by that point if there's a coaching change or whatever but like leon rose is like basically godson maybe actual godson i think there's rumors that maybe they he is actually the godfather of jalen brunson like i mean it would just be such a tough decision but i do agree in in theory like if you're just looking at it through a objective you know take take away everything uh, uh all the all the various things you know wash them off these guys and just say like here's just the player i don't know for sure that you could like win a championship with them unless you had like a a ridiculously elite 3 to 5 arrangement um that could just like like i actually look at one of my one of one of my favorite players that i know is like super polarizing but i've always really liked jeremy grant and like i really thought that they had a pretty interesting thing going a few years ago with the nuggets with him where he was like the power forward on the floor a lot of times, or, you know, sometimes the small forward, I guess, depending on the arrangement, but they would just, he was such a good defender at that point that they were just like, just guard whoever the best guy is on the other team. And I mean, he even took like Donovan Mitchell for a playoff series and like we Mitchell had, it was back in the bubble. So, you know, everything was, like juiced you know it was like the steroid era of basketball um in the bubble there so like Mitchell went off a few times but Grant did a really good job defending him and like you know I I think there is a world where like you know you can have a a team that has guys like that uh and you don't necessarily have a great one-two punch at the one and two spot as far as defenders and still have three other pretty versatile guys on the team that can make things happen on defense. Um, so maybe there's a world where it could work out with Brunson and Mitchell. Uh, maybe also Mitchell starts giving more of a crap on defense, like you said. And of course that's like maybe one of the biggest X factors of this whole trade is, uh, you know, does Mitchell care on defense, but yeah, you, you know, it's like, I could see a world where maybe it works out. I would put the probability of that happening at like, I don't know, 15% or something like that. Like that you could like, let's just even say make a finals with those two. Cause you're right. Like if they're at their current stages, one of them is going to get hunted. It would, if I had to guess, it would probably be Mitchell because like you said, Brunson doesn't really make mistakes. He's just not physically gifted enough to be like the, the level of defender that his brain can be, you know what I mean? Um, So I, I think it would be Mitchell that would get targeted. So then it's like, can you have, an elite enough support system behind him. And who knows, maybe Mitchell Robinson does become that, you know, like we've said before, if he, you know, reaches the potential that he showed before all the injuries hit, 
you know, in his third season. And then this year, I think hopefully, well, how he comes in the next camp is going to be extremely telling for how the rest of his career is going to go probably because you could say, you know, Hey, he can have a mulligan for this past season. It was obviously a very tough injury to get back from. He focused on the wrong areas when he was training over the summer and, and got too bulky, had to spend literally the whole season working that off. We started to see the the outline of the guy that he used to be by the end of the season. But, you know, if he turns into like this game busting center that we always thought that he could be in his early years and can defend basically one to five, not get toasted on the perimeter, like, you know, rebound like a beast like he does and all this other stuff. And I maybe in that case you could, I mean, if he hits that true, like he would be like defensive player of the year level at that point. So that's a huge ask. But if he hits that point where he's like a more switchy Rudy Gobert or something, then maybe you could make it work. But outside of that, I mean, we've already sort of seen how it works with just a regular Rudy Gobert and it's like <laughs> a first, it's like a first or second round exit. Um, yeah. Granted, I don't think that the jazz have had anybody at the point guard spot. That's as good as Brunson. And you could even argue anybody as good as RJ Barrett at the three spot. Um, but like, yeah. Definitely not with the ceiling that RJ has on defense. Right? Yeah, 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 exactly. So, yeah, it's it's intriguing. All right, we'll be right back in with Dallas Amico to finish up this conversation, this long three-part conversation. Thanks to Dallas, as always, for coming on and giving us so much good insight and, and so much good conversation. But I got to remind you guys about Built Bars. If you haven't tried Built Puffs yet, you are really depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There is a new flavor. Are you ready? Are you sure you're ready? Okay, I'll tell you. There's delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorites, cookie dough chunk puffs. They have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it plus, it's good for you because cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. I've eaten these cookie dough chunk puffs and it almost seems unbelievable that they could have that few calories because they taste so indulgent like an actual cookie covered in chocolate, but somehow also a marshmallow. I don't get it. I don't I don't understand how they did it. But you can run to Built.com and snag a box for you and the family. It will be the perfect treat. Or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them all for yourself, which may or may not be what I do. Uh, like all Built Bars, the new Cookie Dough Chunk Puff is covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. Chocolate-covered cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture. They are so good. And what's great about Built is that all the bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKEDON15, and you can get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. I just want I wanted to throw um, – I got lost in my uh, six-parter question, but I, I, still, I still want to get back to this. Let's just say – because I, we don't know if they're going to trade for Mitchell. We don't know when they're going to trade for Mitchell. If they don't, I mean, how good how good do you think this defense can be as a as a regular season defense next year, given all that success they had down the stretch last season? Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm going to do my my yeah yeah <laughs> take both things again. I'm going to um, need to get like a like a, a tape rewind yeah. sound effect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. I, I I like that to show that you were wind horsing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What is there's something there's something strange about how I answer questions. <laughs> um, Why is that? Yeah. Why is that? <laughs> <laughs> that was a that was a, a wonderful moment on NBA Twitter. Yeah. Um, yeah. So 
one of the things so i hear you i hear you alex i think it may be possible like um in like there's some there's still some chance that you could do it that could happen um, have to traverse I, the multiverse to find it. yeah <laughs> yeah because because essentially what happens is like when i think of play, playoff defense like how do you win there's like two routes there's the super versatile route so you can like throw a bunch of things at uh opponents and there's the you're the best at what you do route and you force teams to play your style and you win no matter what with your style. So here's the, here are some examples. You have like the bucks being the best drop team we've seen in a really long time with Giannis as this like roving help defender, weak side help defender and elite rim protection from uh, Lopez. And then obviously elite perimeter defense, like, the best possible point of attack guy you could have in that scheme would be Drew Holiday, who's just going to bully and fight his way to stay connected no matter what. And a big wing defender in Middleton, right? So like the ideal, they were like, we can play this against anybody and no matter what, we're going to make it work. And they did, right? And then you have the other the other side that works is the super versatile. Um, and the examples for that would be, or like the best examples would be the Warriors and the Raptors probably, where like, you have these warrior teams that have been able to fluctuate and throw different defenses at teams, starting often with more traditional defenses, but then as games go on, going small and being able to switch and being able to live with somebody like, I mean, I was amazed in the finals how Steph Curry could, he was hang, you know, handling Jason Tatum for long stretches and like being fine, um, like genuinely Tatum wasn't getting to the rim very much against him, you know, that sort of thing, um, able to stand up. Or you have the Raptors who went even further that direction and would be like, you know, we're going to blitz and now we're going to drop and now we're going to switch and now we're going to box and one, right? Like that sort of thing. And uh, that type of versatility allows you to have some strength no matter what team you play, right? So you find out what their weakness is and you can target it with your defense right? Or take away their strength with your defense because you're not locked into one scheme. Um, my concern with uh, Mitchell and Brunson would be that I find it unlikely that you can be the best at your scheme with those two, <laughs> you know? Um, and then, you know, how versatile can they really be? Um, I think Donovan and Brunson can both hold up in like, so you could probably go in... They may actually even be better as switch defenders if they're switching like one through three. Um, and maybe this starts answering your question, Gavin. I haven't actually thought about it very seriously until this moment. Um, but like, you know, one thing you could do, you sometimes see teams do this is like play drop with their five, but switch other positions. And you can imagine because, you know, Brunson is very stout. He's strong enough to, to play up. Um, RJ can switch down. Um uh, Randall is much better as a switch defender than as a drop defender. So if he's here, you know, and then Donovan Mitchell, I've, you know, like his, he's not great going over screens. He doesn't have the footwork. That's very good. Um, and his lateral agility is not great. Um, uh, when he's guarding the perimeter. So maybe you'd get some advantage, uh, but he's also, he's very strong. Um, I think he's going to get beat. A reasonable amount of times but maybe you get some advantage by switching with him so maybe you can do some sort of aggressive switching one through three or one through four kind of scheme it, um, it almost sorry to interrupt you it almost reminds me of how houston used harden back in the day where like they wanted they were like oh you you please attack him with a bigger guy like that's that's everything in the world that we want 
Yeah. Now I think Harden is <laughs> stronger. Like six, and also like six inches and bigger, taller. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, than Brunson. Uh, but yeah, exactly. Um, and, but they would have, at least in some of those lineups, they wouldn't have, um, yeah, they would have kept Capella for the five and, and then tried to keep him, keep him down home, uh, down in the paint and they could. Yeah. So exactly. Um, I don't know. I'm just sort of spitballing. I know Tibbs probably won't do that. Uh, but, uh, maybe something like that but still you're i just i guess i don't see i don't see them being thinking back to their earlier question it's hard to see them being the best at what they do and it's hard to see them being um one of these super versatile like you can throw you can be fine trapping you can be fine blitzing or blitzing you'll be fine um you know coming to the level or dropping you'll be fine switching i don't I, I don't know. Like when I'm thinking about these defenders, I'm like, man, there's a lot of weaknesses. So I'm trying to think like what scheme is going to hide the most weaknesses rather than like, how do I get them? You know, I can just put them like a Fred Van Fleet and Kyle Lowry. You can put them in any scheme and they're going to be awesome um, as your one and two. Um, yeah. Uh, thoughts? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I'm, 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 I'm with you on it. Um, but what, what, what do you think about like, this season like how okay. good could they be like sans mitchell let's just say. because to me that's like for the people who are arguing against going all in on donovan mitchell i mean to the point of i mean what you what you've been talking about like the fact that you can't play those two together down the stretch like that's that's the argument for saving up for someone else so i guess i'm kind of curious is like all right before you get like i don't know if it's jalen brown or like or some other wing down the road but before you get that guy in there what, what what's sort of the baseline of how good this defense can be I think it could be very good. Yeah. Um, very, very good. Uh, yeah. So, um, I mean, especially in the regular season when you're, uh, you know, drop defense, aggressive drop defense can really, really be um, uh, uh, super effective and you don't need that versatility as much or as frequently. Um, I think like when you look at what really worked last year, um like our best defensive lineups often had, you know, the the names you see were going to be RJ, uh, IQ, Grimes, um, and all of these guys are going to be getting more minutes hopefully this season. Mitch is good, right? Um, I don't think I'm worried about Hartenstein on defense. Like I really think they can be a very good defense. Um, and you have what what's going to happen is you're going to have younger legs. Um, right uh at the point of attack and in other help positions too um guys who can do the aggressive rotations that tibbs asks of you and make multiple efforts that tibbs asks of you like there were times where um you know kemba walker would <laughs> make he was often like trying hard but he just couldn't make the he couldn't get down into the uh into the paint to help and then get back to the perimeter and then recover again uh, as the uh, or or stay with the man who tries to drive against the closeout. He just no longer had the athletic ability. I mean, he never really was able to do that well. But at this point, he just didn't have the athletic ability to do that, right? Um, and even Evan Fournier, who's a guy who like his head is always in the right place for the most part as a defender. Like he's not like you know he's he's he genuinely isn't or generally excuse me isn't making major mistakes or something like that or caught sleeping or not trying but he just sort of lacks that ability to really. So if you're putting him in the second unit and he gets 10, 15 minutes less, and instead it's either quickly or Grimes, that's a huge step up 
um, Brunson for the whole year over Kemba and Burks, you're probably uh, pretty big. It's probably still a big step up. I don't see Brunson as being that much worse than like Burks as a point of attack defender, really. Like Burks was, Burks definitely had strengths, but he's not like some elite, you know, world stopping defender or something like that. Right. Um, yeah. So then you just keep the rest and you have some aggressive lineups, aggressive looks you can go to with like the cam, like a cam Grimes quickly Brunson, cam Grimes quickly Brunson Sims, something like that. Like, switch everything one through five or uh you know blitz something like that you can have some really fun defenses i mean and we saw last year um against the heat was the the best example where there was just like um you know 10 minutes of them not scoring right at times it could be stifling so i actually think there's a chance i mean it wouldn't shock me if they're top 10 defense this this year at all um no no donovan mitchell (laughs) i think he makes a big difference um It's it's such a weird brain space to find ourselves in right now because I find I somehow simultaneously find it hard to imagine lineups with Mitchell in them and also imagine lineups without Mitchell in them. And I think it's also it also has so much to do with like nobody really truly knows what's going on with the Julius Randle situation either. Nobody knows like that changes so much, you know. Also the Tibbs situation yeah. changes so much. It's just like in an ideal world, there are so many lineups I would love to see, even if they just have this current roster. But the reality is, is that so many of them, even like the <laughs> the simplest possible thing of like five to eight minutes a game of Obi and Julius sharing the floor together, proved to be way too difficult of an ask last season. Uh, so it, it feels wrong to even dream about something like that, <laughs> even if both of those two guys are still on the team. Um, but I would yeah. love, I mean... If I was identifying like one lineup that I would love to see for a little bit, I think it would probably be like sort of similar to what you were saying, which is trying to utilize the the various like wing talents on the team. Like I would love to see something like if you could put out I'm trying to think in a world where there's no Mitchell, uh, I guess like Brunson and then like like Grimes, RJ and Reddish. And then like Mitch and just like roll with that and just be like, have these three guys out there from two to four that realistically could probably defend all three of those positions, any given one of them, while also potentially being able to switch, you know, onto a one. I think the five would be like the only real difficult spot for any of those guys. I don't think any, but you know, the best fives in the league, like not even Mitch can necessarily contain you know, unless he's on his best night, you know, like a Joel Embiid or something like that. And those are the main guys you worry about with that anyway. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 interesting to think about as far as best potential lineups and stuff. But I also, like I said, I just I find it so it just feels like there's just like this impending. There's like this. What's uh, what's I'm trying to think of like a weird phrase to describe it. There's like a like a a cloud of. I don't want to call it impending doom, but like of impending transaction around this team right now where you're just like, there's no comfort level right now with what this team is at this moment. I feel like it's definitely not going to be the same team on opening night because it just feels like on about three different front fronts, something's got to give. And at least one, you know, at least three or four of these guys that are on the team right now are not going to be on the team when the season starts to me. 
Yeah, there's a realistic scenario where two months into the season, Tibbs is fired, Donovan Mitchell's here, and Randall's off the team. Like mm-hmm. that's there's like some reasonable possibility all three of the and that would be just like yeah, radic like how do you predict for that scenario? It's just like I don't know. Things are so different at that point. Yeah, I I guess we can wrap up on this, Dallas. Just just while we have you here, I wanted wanted to pick your brain on this. What what's just one lineup you're excited to see next season for the Knicks? Um it could be if hypothetical and with Donovan Mitchell could be one without him, but just, just something you're looking forward to. Mm, so the, I mean, the lineup I was just talking about, uh, I'm, I would love to see that. I, uh, I'm curious to see Sims development. Um, he was, eh. so I'm very careful about what I, what I project from summer league. Um, but, there were significant improvements. Um, there are things that I think you can sort of uh, uh, see in terms of like being in the right place positionally um, that improved with him there that you can sort of bank on. There are things that you can't bank on. Like there's an athleticism, athleticism difference and a timing difference. Like a hardened MB pick and roll is a little different than what you're seeing in summer league. Right. So just cause he's stifling it there does not at all imply that he's going to stifle it. Um, but I'd be really interested to see a lineup where we place a very aggressive defense, like for example, blitz the pick and roll or maybe even switch and where we have um, it's similar to the one that Alex was talking about, but like Brunson IQ um, uh, uh, RJ Grimes and then Sims or something like that. It's a little bit small, but I'm sort of okay with it. Most of those guys are really strong. I think RJ can play up to the four fine against most lineups. Um, Grimes, I think, can handle the three. Um, and IQ and Brunson are both very strong for ones and twos, especially for their size. Um, and you end up with uh, three ball handlers on the floor there. And I love throwing the more ball handlers you put together, the more fun in my view. Um, you have a lot of shooting between um, uh, quickly and Grimes and Brunson and even RJ being, you know, like, and, and uh, like basically four, you have four guys who can at least somewhat uh, uh, offer some, some floor spacing there. And then just defensively, I think that lineup would be awesome against a lot of, lineups that aren't like the Joel Embiid lineups that you were talking about, Alex. Um, I think you could have more nights like those stifling heat, uh, heat nights with lineups like that. So yeah, I'd be interested in seeing that. I don't know. There's, I, mean, I think there's just so much, so many fun combinations though with the, with the team we have right now. Um, there's, there really is a lot of cool stuff you can do. Um, I'm excited to see Obi in a lot of lineups. I know I didn't mention him there, but um, Cam too. I think he, I don't know. There's a lot of, there's um, there's really too many guys, uh, and I know Tibbs is only gonna, he's gonna play like, he's gonna play ten, and he's gonna play five of those ten like forty minutes a night. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, at this moment when we can dream, there's a lot of exciting possibilities. Tibbs, Tibbs is here to laugh at our best laid plans. <laughs> yeah, like I legitimately think like if you took, uh, like, take Randall off the off the team and replace him with somebody of name your top five player. I think this is a contending team. Like, I don't, I don't think it's crazy. Like, I think uh, we like last year, I think the bucks were even without Middleton, a contending team. And I think our like surrounding cast would be better than the bucks without Middleton. 
for yeah. like Giannis. I don't think that's crazy. And that's, I mean, that's pretty, pretty cool. So like one of the, that's just to tie back to the Donovan Mitchell things. One of the reasons I'm a little bit hesitant about going for him is that there's some chance, like if you could get a top five guy, I think we almost have what's necessary to be a contender, even with giving up, even if you give up, even if you had to give up like Obi and Grimes both to get like, I don't know, Luca or something like that. You still have so, so many young guys and so much depth. Um, even as painful as that be, if you're like, you know, three unprotected, all four of the protecteds or I guess we have, do we have five protecteds? There's, there's a four. potential, there's, there's a very lightly protected Milwaukee pick in 2025. Hmm. So it's, it's like having five, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And then there's three picks with varying levels of protection Dallas, it's top 10 this year and then becomes two seconds. Washington and Detroit starts this year. One at like top 16 protected, the other top 14, and then descends until it's like top eight or nine or something uh, at its at its best or whatever, um, somewhere down the line. So, yeah, but the, it, you can more or less throw five unprotected picks in. And to your point, I mean, depending on where you evaluate him at this point in his career, there is a guy across the river that is available. So <laughs> Dallas, I'll put you on the and line. His name Leon is Rose. Ben Simmons. Yeah. <laughs> Dallas, I'll put you on the line with Leon Rose, who could put you on the line with Sean Marks, and then he could work out this deal that you really want with for Kevin I Durant. don't want Kevin Durant. No, I don't want him. <laughs> no. Nope. Uh, well, on that heavy note, I think we've I think we've reached the uh, the end of this conversation. Dallas, thanks so much for popping on and giving us this much time. Given the time of year this is, this is likely a three part episode <laughs> for us uh, because we we uh, keep it somewhat short this time of year when there's less to talk about. Uh, but yeah. thank you so much for popping on. Is there anything you want to promote, uh, whether it's like your Twitter or whatever, before we uh, sign off for the day? Uh, no, thanks for having me. It was so much fun. Always the best. Uh, I promote this podcast, Lockdown Knicks, woo, and the Strickland. Yeah. Strickland's awesome. Uh, Prez just had a new article, uh, really cool, long. Uh, if you need something on your bus ride, because these are short, then uh, <laughs> head over to the Strickland <laughs> and read that. Uh, it's a cool article today. All right. Well, thanks so much for popping on, Dallas. We will talk to you soon, I'm sure. And uh, for everybody listening, thank you all for listening. We'll be back with more episodes, short and long, going forward as this offseason chugs on. So we appreciate you still listening with us, even in the doldrums of the offseason here, where there's not much more to talk about than speculating about 15 different incarnations of the Knicks. Uh, But until next time, thank you all for listening. We will talk to you all soon. Peace out.